Um, so I think we have Andy on the line. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. Nice to see you guys. Or Hi, Andy. Nice to meet you. you. Nice to chat with you. Uh, it's, it's kind of early for you. You in LA? Yes, I am. It's about uh, what nine thirty, nine forty-five. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, for dialing in our little uh, podcast. We do this uh, every week now that we're all in lockdown. Usually, it's more of a monthly thing, but you know, gotta occupy ourselves. Um, so uh, this morning, I think uh, you replied to Darren and said that you were part of the Your Disney opening. I was. Um, so you, you walk through that castle on uh, April twelfth. I did. Uh, I w- I played trombone in the All American Marching Band, and I was in the front uh, the front row of all the parades, including uh, during the opening telecast, uh, and the end of which we all ran up uh, to the left of uh, the the hub there and up into the castle right at the end. And I was one of the first kids, and it was amazing for me because uh, you know I grew up in Anaheim near Disneyland and you know I'd, I'd seen you know the old telecast of Disneyland opening in 1955 with all the kids running through the castle and like I, I got to do that and it was one of the greatest moments of my life that's amazing how did you how did you get to do it did you uh, was there a casting or did you uh, did they recruit in in Anaheim or how did, how did it work so the All American Marching Band is still in existence today uh, they play at Disneyland every summer and it's a college program mostly uh, that uh, college kids uh, that are in, um, you know, symphonic and marching bands can audition for all over the country and then come to Disneyland and play if they're chosen. But for the Euro Disney uh, All-American Marching Band, they recruited kids from high schools all over the country because they wanted this huge, huge band. Um, and uh, I think there were 350 people in the marching band, which is one of the largest ever assembled. And uh, kids from all over the country, uh, you could audit, you could audition, or I think I don't remember what the audition process was, or even if there is one. I think it was just basically anyone who could afford to go could go. <laughs> oh, they didn't even fly you over. You had to go. You had to get there by yourself. Oh no! Yeah, you. This was something you had to pay for for sure. Oh, interesting. And, uh, and, okay. and my par- my parents gave it to me as a gift. I was a senior in high school, and that was my my senior gift and trip. I mean, what a memory. Incredible. Amazing. Um, you don't get to open a resort like that often, right? I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you didn't just open six times. Just, sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. It wasn't just opening the resort. Uh, the, the park, it was the Disneyland Hotel, wasn't it, as well? And, oh, wow. and then with the Four Tops and the Temptations and then uh, the park in... On the twelfth in the morning as well. There's- yeah, we were there. Uh, we were we were there actually four days before the opening, four or five days before the opening, uh, rehearsing in these giant tents backstage, and um, and out in, the, in these big parking lots uh, and expansion pads for the park, and um, it was it was uh, an incredible logistic feat that they pulled off, and in some ways they didn't pull off. It was it was kind of a incredible experience. I mean, I I. I was one of the older kids there because I was already 18 and uh, I had already traveled internationally because uh, my, my mother was a travel agent. So I had some experience, you know, being in foreign lands, as it were. And so I had all these kids that I was kind of in charge of. Uh, but the 
tour operators kind of screwed a lot of stuff up. Uh, I, I think they were kind of naive American tour operators and didn't realize that the, for instance, the hotel that we were staying in, uh, the Hotel Ibis in East Paris, uh, oh, wow. was was <laughs> in this very dangerous part of town, so we couldn't yeah, leave. Especially at that time. Yeah, we couldn't leave uh, the hotel uh, except for to get on the bus for the hour-long ride out to the park every day. So, wow. we so I didn't would, even we, put you in a Disney hotel. Oh no, no, we were wow. we all stayed in in different hotels in different parts of Paris. It was not really well planned, and then. Um, the night of the actual opening, uh, the buses couldn't get to us, so we ended up sleeping at the park after the park opened. Oh. Wow. At the exactly at the park in the park. Yeah, just like out in the in the backstage area, sleeping on the ground in the tent. Oh wow! <laughs> Which I'm sure I'm sure now it's a fun memory, but back in the day that must have been quite stressing, especially right, for, yeah. for people who were not what. used to travel internationally. <laughs> We were we were so tired because you know for four days we rehearsed and marched and you know we had to you know learn uh, all the formations like for instance the the opening of the hotel uh, was really complicated because we had to split up into all these different groups uh, under the uh, under the hotel and the tunnels there and then the we, but and then uh, the drum majors we had like probably 10 or 20 different drum majors and they all had uh headsets on with the click track to the show and so we had to just watch them and kind of play along to the track as best as we could i suppose musically these disney songs are actually quite challenging so to learn them all in sort of four days is amazing right right and the arrangements weren't done until we got there either in in uh uh, I think it was Tony Fox who did all the arrangements. He was the arranger for the uh, the USC Trojan Marching Band. And then uh, Jim Christensen, who just passed last month, uh, he was the representative from Disney uh, who was there as, as the sort of a, like house arranger. Uh, but uh, it was it was an incredible experience. We rehearsed that opening um, for a day and then over the hotel, and then we actually did it. And I remember... <laughs> I remember a lot of kids were just so tired, you know, just if you're in the back and you're not on camera, they weren't, they weren't even playing. <laughs> oh I suppose because you're jet lagged as well. You sort of landed in Paris. You've been thrown into this hotel in the east of Paris. And then suddenly two days later, you're opening a hotel. with music Oh, yeah. And lots of kids, and, yeah. And lots of kids were sick from the flight, you know, and, you know, oh, wow. the jet lag and everything. And it was, it was just... <laughs> It was like it was like being in the army, I, I imagine, or you know. Something. It was it, it was quite complex, wasn't it? The, the opening of the Disneyland Hotel, because it, it say that there was the, the marching band, and there was the dancers, the characters, there were cars coming in. There were all yeah, sorts like of elements I, to it. Like I said, there was there was a click track to all of this, so, you know, like a, a click 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 mm. with the tempo uh, of the music that was playing on the the telecast. You know that the dancers could hear that all of the you know the tv directors were, were cutting to and everything like that so our drum majors had headsets on remote headsets and they they were the only ones who, who knew exactly where we were in the show and we just had to kind of like follow them along and guess and hope we were right i guess the technology but, but, back then was not as easy as now you couldn't have everyone with an earpiece it was kind of like you had to follow people telling you what to do Right. Well, you look at the 2012 Olympics, every single performer had a had an earpiece on, you know, and, and that yeah. was, 
you know, not possible in 1992. Um, but, but the most the most iconic moment was was marching in out in front of the castle stage with the four tops and the temptations on stage, and that. That's pro- I'm so obsessed with that scene because you just walk so fast in, in, oh, into yeah. that that theater area. It was it's epic moment. I think. Uh, did you get I, Did I you still, get to rehearse I, with them? I still remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, I really do. I really, really remember that because I, I was right in front of the stage because, like I said, I showed you where I was in that that thing. I was yes. Right there. Yeah. Right there. Uh, on the, yeah. On, I was on the on the stage left flank, which is if you're looking at the stage, the right. I was on that right side. Uh, coming down right on the edge of that that path and then right up on the stage and then um you know it was, what's so funny is that like for for something like that it's over as quick as it begins because we we basically were standing all three four hundred of us we were all standing and waiting on that path uh uh leading up to the amphitheater there waiting for the queue so we we stood and we watched the whole show until it was time for us to actually uh, march down and perform. And boy, you're right, we were we were moving really fast because it had to happen really fast. It was perfect. It was, like, it was absolutely. Perfect. It was supposed to be a surprise, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was huge. I remember watching it on television back home, was, and it was it was just this big moment. And and the, I, I don't know what you call them, the captains, the lead captains coming in together and just joining at the front. There it was it was fantastic. Yeah, the, the drum majors. That was their drum idea majors, too. Yeah. That, yeah. that was their idea. They they decided they were going to do that. It wasn't a rehearsed thing. So did you get to rehearse with the the four tops and the Temptations, or was that just did that just happen live one time? We, we did not rehearse with them. Uh, no. They had their own rehearsal facility, and I think they did a did a sound check, and then they went on. Uh, we had re, we had been practicing that piece, uh, you know, on and off with all the other pieces you know it was actually very very it was one of the easier pieces to play because it's just you know that was brilliant brilliant moment i was gonna say after you finished with your duty did you actually get time to explore the resort or anything or was it sort of all over before you could have imagined uh, no, we did. Uh, the actual opening day, the next day, we got to uh, experience the park uh, uh, on our own. So it was uh, it, on the press day was the next day, uh, and that's when we got to. Uh, if I recall, um, that was that was the day we got to explore the park, um, and there was. I think we have, if I'm trying to remember, we did have one free day. I don't remember if it was the press day, because there was there was the, the, the day where we did the show. Uh, and then I think there was the day after that that was press day that was not open to the public. I think that was the day that we were allowed to explore the park. Yeah. Everything must wow. have been freshly painted and brand new and... Uh, Oh, uh, to that point, um, the whole four days leading up to it, uh, you talk about fresh paint. They were painting, they were painting the park. I remember walking through Frontierland because there were times where you know we had like it was you know it's just like the rest of uh, entertainment. It's all hurry up and wait. So sometimes you know we'd be like, oh well, we have three hours before they need us over here. So like we would just wander around the park when we we weren't supposed to. We were supposed to stay in one particular area or whatever, but everyone would just like you know, go yeah. off on their own. And, Everyone's and too busy to care. 
Yeah, and exactly. And there's there was no security to speak of. I mean, I saw like Michael Jackson walking around by himself and wow. Elizabeth Taylor and you know, all these mega stars were there for the opening and just wandering around on their own because you know the park wasn't open. So and it was just all yeah. you know the entertainment crews and Those whatever. Big A big A list celebrities went went to that. It's about a five right? I mean, doesn't it doesn't sound so much now, but I think it was cost about five million pounds. To, to put on that that night honestly that, i have that. no idea that, that that doesn't surprise me but yeah which is a lot we of money then it, so. in, the, in, the, <laughs> in the days leading up to it that we were rehearsing there the uh crews were painting uh overnight you know they had infrared lamps uh you know on the buildings to get the paint to dry faster i remember reading <laughs> in my book they had didn't they have some places have tents as well where they would heat the tents to try and get oh, sure. the paint to dry quicker yeah it's kind of interesting because that that can hark back to Disneyland where, you know, they were finishing the same morning. It's kind of a tradition, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they were painting Shanghai Disneyland uh, at the last minute or if, or if now they've sort of have a a better, you know, time frame, timeline. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, a building a theme park is, is an incredibly, incredibly complex thing to do. I mean, I worked on the Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi uh, for three years. I did about a third of the music for that park and half the sound. And I was there for the opening. I was there actually, like, at my own expense, like, on vacation. And uh, I was there six days before it opened, and I, was, I wasn't I was on the ground for 15 minutes before I was put to work uh, <laughs> mixing this or editing that or whatever. And, we, you know, we were doing it right up until the actual opening. Yeah. Gosh. So you so you went through the castle as the fireworks were going off the ribbon didn't cut. You were going through the castle and then you went through yep. to Fantasyland. Were you then? To, did you have to stand in Fantasyland or were you ushered somewhere else? We were all just like screaming and yelling and hugging each other <laughs> and jumping up and down and you know our 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 instruments in the air and everything like that. It was it was a really emotional. It was really emotional. Not only that, what we were doing, but we had what we had done. It was the culmination of, of five days of exhaustive work and and you know no sleep and no food and no fun and you know we were just a bunch of kids and it was just like that was the end of the show and we we'd finally done it and you know <laughs> I remember too is that a lot of us we all stopped in the middle of the castle you know in the atrium there we were all stopping there but we, there were 300 people still to come after us and we, <laughs> they, they had to they had to push us through onto the other side you know like everybody keep moving keep moving keep moving wow <laughs> and, then, and that, sorry go on oh sorry uh, yeah was there a kind of sense at that moment of how huge the moment was absolutely Oh, for sure. I mean, it was, you know, we all knew it was live television uh, and the fireworks were going off and the and you know, it was uh, there were fireworks, you know, on the castle and around the castle. And uh, so it was, you know, a little bit like a war zone, too, where the with the pyro going <laughs> yeah. off directly I had, over like, our heads. I read and like the, the, someone said that the pyro was actually like falling down on you guys as you were coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, you know, but it, it was, it wasn't, we didn't feel unsafe. I never felt unsafe. It was just, you know, it was Part of the excitement, so, I guess. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. The adrenaline was, you know, through the roof. Because I really haven't sort of done anything since then as big as this when they've opened the park or anything like sort of worldwide broadcast with all these A-listers. So 
it really was a moment. Yeah. It's definitely I mean, the last time they, the, they did the that. the biggest yeah. press moment for any park, I think. I mean, anniversaries yeah. are big and important, but I think you never you never get again to that level, just like Shanghai will never get again to that level, or even Tokyo. Um, you know, sure, Shanghai I, didn't even have this sort of big opening as much sort of that was broadcast. Shanghai had events, a turned so. down opening because yeah. of the whole stuff happening in Florida, if you remember. They had to yeah. turn it down. Well, Shanghai, uh, Shanghai had a big opening for China. I mean, it was a very Chinese. Yeah. It was a very Chinese opening, you know, with the, you know, sit and watch show and and the special pyro show and and it was there was a special broadcast uh, in China as well, but it wasn't you know the exuberant kind of Western, you yeah, know, flamboyant. live live extravaganza like they had. Well, I think they were kind of mindful of that too, right? They wanted to make sure that they weren't coming off too strong culturally and, and not too American and not too, you know, it's, it's a delicate balance, I think, in China, in China whether in Europe, they, could, they just went for it because, you know, they thought, I mean, they thought Europe would embrace the park maybe a little more than they did. It was, it was rough beginnings, but, uh, for sure. but, but the opening ceremony definitely was world-class. Um, have you been, have you been back to the park? Uh, since then, I'm assuming you what's have. What's funny is, what's <laughs> funny is that two two years later, uh, in 1994, I went back with my parents, and uh, we oh. had a vacation there. Uh, and that is the the last time I was there. I was gonna go again uh, this spring. I have uh, I have some clients uh, in Belgium. Uh, hi, Etienne, if you're listening. Uh, if uh, I was gonna come out there and we were gonna go, I was hoping to see uh, see their. Uh, Disneyland Paris with snow this year. But, oh, uh, maybe, beautiful. Maybe, it, maybe next year. It is It is quite <laughs> rare, though. I mean, you know, all of us on social media, we make such a big deal out of it, but really, the, there's only about a couple days every year that uh, that is really bright and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Then, it, then it melts and, and becomes more of a mess. Than it has it. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned earlier to us that you did a bit of work with Imagineering as well. That For what? That you did some work with Imagineering, did you say? Yeah, so when I, while I was at USC, uh, I had the great fortune of meeting a lot of really, uh, really great mentors, and one of them uh, was Glenn Barker at Imagineering, and he uh, he gave me a job there in the uh, audio video department uh, for wow. a, about, a, about a year or so, um, and uh, I basically was just sort of an assistant there for for a while, but I got to be there. Uh, it was funny. It was a weird time. It was, you know, after Disneyland Paris, before Animal Kingdom. So it was a lot of like weird corporate layoff kind of stuff happening. Yeah. But uh, do you sort uh, of hear about all the projects that are going on as you're working there, or is it all quite confidential? No, once you're in there and you're working there, you yeah. know everything for the most part. Wow. I mean, I saw all kinds of uh, sculptures for the the Beastly Kingdom part of Animal Kingdom that got shelved, wow. and they were they were sculpting the Tree of Life and the uh, all the uh, safari uh, rock works and things like that. I could walk through all of the top secret areas and whatever like behind the black curtains and see all these sculptors sculpting the yellow foam for the um, for the rock work and everything. It was really cool. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I got to I got to go to the uh the recording session for the orchestra for the uh uh the spaceship Earth uh with Jeremy Irons. Oh wow. Oh wow. Wow. That is such like a fan, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many fans walking around that building? <laughs> how many fans would love to be there for that? <laughs> I oh, guess we're getting a new narration soon, aren't we? 
Yeah. Uh, sorry? I guess we're getting a new narration for Spaceship Earth at some point. I think it's going to be all new. I think it's going to be all new music and narration. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of new show scenes and, and you know, augmentations yeah. of the show scenes and whatever. I mean, they're going to be closed for so long. It's going to be, on, even now, it's probably longer. So it's going to be like probably, I would guess, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll definitely, be like you'll, you definitely have to come and visit when the new extension opens at Walt Disney Studios because, you know, we're getting Marvel oh, frozen sure. and all those things. <laughs> Andy, Andy I've, Andy, I've got a great idea, though. The 30th anniversary is coming soon. We, we need, Could we recreate this band, this marching band for the 30th? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could, that's kind of, my, it's kind of my new dream now. How many people do you know who, who were in the band? Are you still in touch with anyone? Uh, you know, uh, just a few of them. Um, you know, we, you know, after, after we got back, we all went to, you know, our different, uh, colleges and universities and whatever. Um, and I lost touch with most of them, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's possible. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm planning on going for the 30th uh, anniversary for sure. Uh, barring any further global calamities. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to keep the, did you keep the, the uniforms, the, the outfits? Cause they all had, you had every band member had I, the same outfit, kept, wasn't it? I kept that, the, the shield with the, the, the big plastic shield with yeah. the on it. So, so here's the deal with the uniforms. You know, I say uniforms in quotes because we were all wearing our own band uniforms Okay. with, with these overlays that they put on us, the capes and the shield and the spats for the shoes. So most of it was yours anyway. Huh? So most of it was just yours anyway. Right, right. So, uh, and I kept the, the, and it was just a, I kept that plastic fabric covered shield with the D on it. And unfortunately, I, uh, I had it in a storage space that I lost years and years ago. So unfortunately, I lost all that stuff. Oh. <laughs> it looked great though in, in uniform. All, all of them together it was it was a really smart look yeah it, it looked it was very effective i mean it, you know with all of the the you know the logistical snafus uh that the trip you know had in store for us it it definitely was mission accomplished for the uh for the uh opening did you get to meet any of the disney execs like michael eisner or or anyone else no no no, no, no. Well, like, we, we were we, we <laughs> we were so we were so separate. I mean, uh, because I knew uh, Art Bartner and Tony Fox from USC because I was going to USC that fall. I'd already met them, uh, and uh, I was from Anaheim, and I knew Buddy Baker and all this kind of stuff. I was I was singled out uh, to be the one kid that was interviewed. We did a whole interview with uh, what's his name, Pat uh, Pat oh, O'Brien. Wow. Uh, so I met, I hung out with Pat O'Brien for a while because I was interviewed as like the representative of the band. Uh, they were going to do a little package uh, about the band uh, during the telecast, and we recorded this whole interview with me um, uh, as like you know, here's one of the band members of this, you know, the band that you can see that's really blurry. Um, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they never aired it. They were going to use it for like Good Morning America or one of the today shows or one of the one of those but unfortunately it never aired but i got to what was what the best part was for me is that i got to like hang out and not rehearse for like two or three hours <laughs> <laughs> because there is that third that it's about 30 minute youtube 
program that, that I linked you with last night that it's a complete behind the scenes look of what the marching what that band is, did. What that is, is that was a VHS that we all got uh, in the mail oh, wow. like six months later. Wow. Uh, and I think my mom still has that VHS somewhere. Uh, but I, uh, I hadn't seen that, you know, in 20, 25 years. Really? It's a, it's an amazing watch. It's so, it's, it's so incredible to watch that program. Yeah. It, it was so emotional for me to watch. I watched, I watched the whole thing last night, laying in bed, like, you know, quietly weeping. You said, I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was very emotional, really emotional. For sure. Yeah. Especially to see a, 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 a young, handsome, version of myself with all my hair <laughs> <laughs> it's a throwback yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right um does does anyone have any more questions jeff? i just i just wanted to, i just wanted to know sorry i'm not jeff I'm patrick jeff. Um, yeah, um i just wanted to know so you've been to anaheim uh when you were before you went to disneyland paris uh your disney did you go to, to anaheim before you knew the parks i imagine uh had i been to anaheim before yeah I, I grew up in Anaheim. So you'd obviously been to Disneyland. So what was was there? A, what was the kind of the feeling about going to your Disney? Was there like was it like similar? Was it different? How, was it like what did you? What was your kind of impressions knowing that you already knew a Disney park already? Well, I mean, I've been to Disneyland hundreds of times before that. I mean, I literally would ride my bike there and and you know hang out all summer. Uh, but, uh, I had been following it, uh, in various, uh, nerd outlets at the time, like storyboard magazine and, uh, others, uh, and, you know, newspaper and other magazine articles about, you know, Disneyland Paris being, uh, designed and built and things like that. And also the, the national fantasy fan club, um, uh, uh, conventions, which is what, turned into d23 kind of uh years and years ago so i mean i'd seen like the castle i knew about phantom manor and i knew that it was a very much more artistic and richly artistic uh interpretation of this the typical castle park and i you know i knew a lot about what was you know what it was and i'd seen a lot of pictures and construction pictures and stuff so but to be there and see it in person you know was you know it's indescribable you know it was nothing like it existed at the time and, and to see such a beautifully artistic interpretation of this place that i already knew so well was you know you know it's it's you know blows your mind especially at a young age i remember i remember i remember specifically being really dazzled by the the incredibly detailed and intricate main street that they have there that was you know it's 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 like the disneyland and walt and magic kingdom walt disney world disneyland sort of like combined in terms of scale with the beauty of the arcades with like with the addition of the arcade on on the 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 east side uh but it was uh you know just like there was so much more detail and story in each you know building and you know it was uh, i remember just being blown away by that also my i loved phantom manor you know that it was actually you know kind of scary at parts you know with all the skeletons and whatnot you know compared to the haunted mansions in the u.s was that your favorite attraction or did you have a another favorite attraction at disney empires no my favorite attraction was by far the visionarium uh oh, the, 
timekeeper. I love the Visionarium. I remember yes. uh, on my last, the last uh, few hours of my last day there, uh, all I did was I just like I was just went on the Visionarium like over and over and over again. Uh, mainly because I, I love the music that Bruce Broughton score was just incredible. Um, how? So you came from Anaheim and you went into Discovery Land for the first time. Um, how how was that going into a land that is kind of familiar but a bit different? Well, the Discovery Land is really different from the Tomorrowland at Disneyland. You know, it's that sort of steampunk Jules Verne kind of, you know, uh, style. You know, uh, what was interesting, uh, what was really interesting, was to see the the Hyperion blimp uh, design in the Discovery Land. You know that. Uh, that I had seen uh, the art for the Discovery Land, uh, D- Discovery Bay, for that was intended for uh, Disneyland, where the Star Wars Land is now. Uh, to see that it was it was a really cool thing to see how uh, Imagineering can interpret a design from one thing into another, completely repurposed, you know, for this, you know, Tomorrowland, Discovery Land, as it were. Yeah, ideas never die. You always. Uh... You always see some concepts that are, that are cancelled and just pop up ten years later somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyone else? More questions? No, no. Okay. It's been amazing. <laughs> well, thank probably you. So ma- probably so many, but <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> another <mean>, time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Should for I check Twitter. For, see if anyone has any questions. Sure. I mean, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, Thank you so much for diving into our little anniversary uh, live podcast. It was such a nice surprise. I'm so glad we, you know, we connected with you. And uh, don't be a stranger. Well, it, it was my pleasure, and it was very serendipitous that uh, I happened to see that tweet and commented. And well, here we are. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And no problem. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank yeah, you Derek. Thank you. Wonderful day your stories. Yeah. Take and, care, uh, guys. <laughs> And um, we'll uh, we just have a tweet from Rachel saying um, that this, this is the best Disney story. It's great guest today. Uh, oh, so, thank oh, you, Rachel. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another music break, and uh, we've done we've done the fifth anniversary. Um, and uh, did we do the tenth anniversary? No, we do the tenth anniversary now. So this is the tenth anniversary song, which is actually the name of the track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is so, imagination track. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't really. They were like, "Well, it's the tenth anniversary. We're just gonna have that song." Wasn't only one day that year. They didn't actually do anything for the year, did they? Yeah, because Must- the tenth anniversary was when they opened studios, wasn't it? So, yeah. oh, so I think the spotlight was very much on Walt Disney Studios, and so Disneyland Park only had. Regretfully. So I had like a <laughs> scroll scroll in the castle for about two or three days, maybe. It was this yeah. very very ornate, amazing scroll that lit up at night, and only for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. They also added a float on the parade, but I can't remember for how long. For it was just a big cake. It's a cake, yeah, yeah. before the wonderful world of. Disney Parade, Disney Parade yeah. yeah. That's that right. But that's the one that had um, Mickey and Minnie black and white, right? And the theme The back, best yeah. parade. Yes. Yeah, it was that's good. the one. Yeah. All right. So here's the, here's the 10th anniversary song, and we'll be right back in three minutes.
Whether you are live or animated In a world that you and I created 